Petya Nesterova, welcome to the podcast. You're the Executive Secretary of Greta, the group of experts uh, against trafficking in the Council of Europe. A very important role these days. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came about? I started this work 12 years ago. Before that, I was working for the European Committee for the Prevention of Torture for a long time, 15 years, and, um, well, I needed a change. And uh, trafficking human beings uh, is in some ways related to the work that I was doing, uh, and I, I can come back to this. But um, I I basically was offered this opportunity and I moved to this area. Now I've become quite specialised after 12 years, and I, I really am passionate about what I'm doing. And so you should be, because human trafficking is a real problem nowadays. Although I was wondering, perhaps it's just that we see more of it, we understand more of it. Do you think that's the case? Yes, it's definitely the case. And organisations like the Council of Europe has done a lot to shed light on the problem. The Council of Europe started working on this uh, in the late 1980s. uh, And uh, there were a lot of initiatives before coming up with the, the landmark Council of Europe Convention on Action Against Human Trafficking. And at the same time, at the universal level, uh, the United Nations adopted an important legal instrument, which uh, gave us the first legal definition, internationally accepted legal definition of trafficking human beings. It seems to me that with human trafficking, it's obvious that something has to be done at an international level. You don't have human trafficking within a country, you have it from country to country. So do you think that the Council of Europe is an ideal place to actually tackle this problem? The Council of Europe is an ideal place because it focuses on issues related to the protection and promotion of human rights and, and rule, of law, rule of law as well. Trafficking human beings is a criminal offence, a serious criminal offence, but it is also a violation of human rights. So the Council of Europe is not really placed to, you know, to be working on this topic. I just want to say trafficking is not necessarily transnational. It can happen also within the country. So we have certain countries where more people are trafficked within the country uh, as, as, as opposed to across borders. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about what human trafficking actually is? I have an idea always that it's a woman who's been brought into a different country with the promise of a job, the passport taken away, brought into prostitution. But I believe that there are lots of different kinds of human trafficking. Yes, indeed. What you described is the traditional uh, perception of human trafficking. Uh, which has evolved over time and we have now a a much broader understanding of what it is. Human trafficking is recruiting and then transferring or transporting either across borders or within a country, people and men, women and children, um, for the purpose of exploitation. And exploitation could be a whole range of uh, uh, forms. It could be, of course, in the first place, Uh, sexual exploitation, but it could also be labour exploitation or uh, removal of organs, exploitation of criminal activities, uh, and so on. Uh, And uh, for adults, uh, an important element uh, of this offence is the use of abusive uh, means, such as coercion or force or uh, abusive uh, vulnerability or position of power, in order to uh, exploit the person. Uh, When it comes to children... Because they're seen as vulnerable as such, uh, there is no need to to have uh, such abusive means used in order to have human trafficking. What sort of people are these human traffickers? Well, uh, interestingly enough, uh, sometimes they're family members when it comes to children or sometimes when it comes to, to women forced into prostitution. They could be husbands even or boyfriends. 
Of course, that's not uh, the full picture. Sometimes we have uh, organized criminal networks which uh, uh, deal also with uh, other uh, crimes such as uh, drug uh, drug dealing um, and, uh, you know, they're well-structured, they, they go across countries. Um, so, so we have a whole variety of scenarios. And one should not forget that sometimes um, it's legitimate businesses that actually uh, use traffic persons uh, be it for agriculture, uh, construction, or cleaning services. So we also have trafficking in domestic households. We also have human trafficking sometimes in homes, people who are used to look for elderly or people with disabilities or people who do cleaning work. And they're basically in a position of, of servitude. Uh, they have arrived from other countries to, to work in, uh, in households. I think there's a perception that there are certain countries where the the victims come from and certain countries that receive the victims. Is that true? There are certain trends, of course. There are uh, typical countries of uh, origin and they're usually countries which are poor, with a lot of unemployment, uh, with various socioeconomic pro problems, uh, with ethnic communities which are in a very disadvantaged position. And typically countries of destination are those which are economically uh, richer, uh, with a flourishing uh, economy where there's uh, there's need for workforce. But this sounds a bit stereotypical because you can have countries, and I'll give an example, the UK, where uh, a large proportion of the identified victims of trafficking are UK nationals trafficked within the country. Similarly, the Netherlands is a country where a lot of the victims of trafficking are uh, Dutch uh, women and girls also trafficked within the country. So, as I said, it's not uh, so clear-cut. So let's turn now to what we're doing against this. How can Greater turn the tide? What does Greater do to make things better? Well, Greater is a group of um, experts on action against human trafficking, uh, and they are independent and impartial, which means that they are not appointed by the Council of Europe member states. They, they act in their own capacity, and they do not report to their governments. And Greta was set up in 2009 in order to monitor the implementation of the Council of Europe Anti-Trafficking Convention. So these experts, they have a term of office of four years, which can be renewed once. So the composition changes and they come from various um, walks of life. They, we have lawyers and we have prosecutors, NGO representatives, psychologists, uh, academics. So it's, it's a really mixed, uh, multidisciplinary group of people. Uh, Greta works uh, with each country, and at the moment we have 48 countries that have joined the convention, uh, periodically assessing to what extent uh, the country is meeting uh, the provisions of the Council of Europe Convention. Um, and then uh, Greta issues a report with a certain number of recommendations. They are specific for the country. Uh, there is a follow-up process in order to make sure that these recommendations are really uh, understood and implemented. So we follow this up with uh, various activities such as roundtables, capacity building. Sometimes we have specific uh, cooperation projects in the countries. So it's an ongoing process working with governments but also with civil society. Uh, including uh, survivors uh, organizations and trade unions and lawyers. Uh, so it's a multi-stage, multi-agency process. And so, also it takes time. <laughs> so a question of finding uh, the places where there are problems, finding the areas where things are going well, building on the successes, gradually changing the situation. So when you look back at the time that uh, you've been working with Greater, are there certain examples where you can see that progress has been made 
and also perhaps where you wished that more progress had been made? Uh, yes, I can give you a few examples, and I must say I'm quite proud of the impact that we have uh, had uh, so far in in, uh, in in many of the countries that uh, have joined the convention. Um, of course, it is always difficult to say whether the impact comes directly through our work, because there are many other factors. Uh, but... Uh, we have recommended uh, in many of the countries to change the legislation in order to uh, uh, have a definition of human trafficking, which is consistent with what I uh, said earlier. And uh, between the first and second evaluation of Greta, such changes were made in 26 countries. Uh, six countries increased the penalties for human trafficking. Uh, amongst them were Austria, Belgium, the United Kingdom, um, Moldova. And we've had also important changes when it comes to uh, something quite technical. It is called the non-punishment provision of the Council of Europe Convention. It is one of the trademarks, if I may say, of our convention. And basically, uh, it says that the victim of trafficking should not be punished for uh, unlawful acts that uh, he or she committed while they were being trafficked. It's an important provision. And uh, Greta has insisted very much on this provision being implemented uh, in, in national law. So we had, between the first and second evaluation by Greta, uh, six additional countries that adopted uh, the non-punishment provision. And this number is growing. When it comes to the problems then, are there, there difficulties, are there areas that linger that you would like to tackle more of? Yes, there are quite a few remaining gaps uh, and, and problems. When it comes to the legislation, most countries are now in compliance with uh, with what we have in the convention. However, the implementation of the law is, is, uh, is not always uh, working well. And we see that, uh, in fact, the criminal justice response, which is the prosecutions and convictions for human trafficking, um, are not that many. And they're not always uh, dissuasive and proportionate, the convictions. I mean, um, we have countries where there have been hardly any convictions for human trafficking. There's sometimes um, confusion with, with other offences. So uh, danger is that uh, traffickers go uh, unpunished. Um, when it comes to victims' rights, we also do not see enough um, compensations being granted to victims. Uh, so, so what we are focusing right now is exactly uh, victims' access to justice and effective remedies. And uh, the political attention to human trafficking, uh, it goes in waves in a way. Now with the um, war in Ukraine, with the humanitarian crisis, we have uh, uh, an upsurge in, uh, in uh, political attention uh, to this problem. But uh, with previous uh, migration uh, situations that we've had, uh, sometimes uh, it, it, it has actually gone in, in another direction. Uh, because there is tension sometimes between migration and, and human trafficking. So you certainly need to keep your eye out on what's happening at any one given time. You mentioned trends uh, earlier on. Do you think there will be trends and challenges in the future so that you will have to adapt to new circumstances? Yes, definitely. One big challenge that uh, we have been facing is uh, the increased use of uh, information and communication technology to uh, recruit victims and to exploit them. And this is something that uh, the Council of Europe has been paying a lot of attention to. We've issued recently a, a report surveying how uh, our member states are 
uh, dealing with this problem and uh, what gaps and good practices exist. And we'll be working to implement the recommendations of, the, of this report. Another uh, area of concern is the growing uh, trafficking for the purpose of labor exploitation. Um, Greta has been uh, uh, talking a lot about this in the last years. And uh, finally, now there's a decision and actually already a draft, a new recommendation of the Committee of Ministers on uh, combating trafficking for labor exploitation. Uh, and this actually is very important because it uh, it uh, engages also the, with the private companies. It uh, It is also about how private companies deal with this issue in their, in their supply chains. So, so the, it, it is also cutting, cutting across uh, the private sector. Well, it sounds like there's an awful lot to do, an awful lot that we need to keep our eyes out for. So, Petya, Petya Nesterova, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast and we wish you all the well for the future. Thank you.